So we, we just went live on number 12 right now of our Berry Flow Upstream cast. How's everybody doing tonight? Doing pretty well. Good, pretty good. Uh, the Mets won. Right, I was about to ask you, like, how was the game today? I went to the Mets game today in Queens with my dad, and it was great. It was a nice afternoon. Got to see Dylan G. pitch. Got to see uh, home runs. Almost caught a fly ball. You know, just a nice, great Sunday afternoon game. Excellent. Oh, shared a beer with my dad, too, which was great. It's always good, you know? You, whatever. <laughs> There's always a, you know, always a good thing to celebrate, huh? <laughs> So we do have a, a small week worth of news, some, some topic points to go over. We just saw the Z3 launch in both Singapore and Saudi Arabia. We've kind of seen a slowdown overall with the Z3 launch. I think it's kind of, you know, come to it come to an end, at least for for right now. We're essentially waiting on the Manitoba device, which is going to be this Z3 LTE or Z20. What do you guys think about uh, the Z3 thus far and its run in emerging markets? Like what I've seen from downloads, yeah. What I've seen from like developer, like from from developers' perspective, from downloads, it seems like, um, like it's obviously more prevalent and the only markets available because it's only sold in a few markets. But even in those places, I don't see the, uh, I don't see that many Z3s. And what I've heard from like uh, other bigger developers, uh, they're seeing similar trends. But who knows? It's still, you know, I don't, I don't really know. I'm not sure how it's doing, and I'm not really sure how many devices they put out there in the start to be sold. Um, I believe maybe, like I've said previously on other upstreams, that they're being a lot more cautious with the Z3, kind of just as a testing ground for the Foxconn partnership. Um, there have been, you know, some encouraging reports about it doing well in some cities, not all. Um, and, you know, like uh, Brandon just said, I'm not going to know the real numbers until, um, you know, reports come out and we get an actual, you know, figure how well the device has been doing. But overall, I mean, the device has always itself has gotten really good reviews and mm -hmm. everyone who's uh, come across it and used it uh, really like the, you know, really love the, the device. So, um, you know, as far as like this uh, release in Saudi Arabia, not sure if it's going to do too well. Um, not as well, at least as in you know, like Jakarta when it first launched. Um, but you know, it's you know, it's funny though. Just uh, on that point there, um, based on my my data, I find Saudi Arabia has been the highest market for me in terms of what I've seen Q5s. Like most of my downloads in Saudi Arabia have been Q5s. So it'd be interesting to see if maybe the Z3 will do better there just because I've seen more Q5s there or whatnot, but it's yeah, who knows. It's interesting. I, I just saw a photo of someone posting like their time at that mall, and right on the outside of the uh, the little kiosk, it's not even a kiosk, it's actually a, a, like a store that they have in the mall over there in Dubai. They've got a great setup, and right on the outside they show off BlackBerry Q5s. <laughs> Very interesting that you know they're pushing those still because people love the QWERTY in that area in that region. So again, uh, they, you know they're heading into a target market. I think you give these devices a little bit more in-market time, they're gonna sell the way they need to sell. I think that's what's really gonna be valuable for the Z3. I mean, even, you know, right when the Z10 came out, sales were not amazing. You know, no. 
it's been a I mean, build a build on ever since those initial launches. Like there are people who even in the U.S. who, who maybe more so hardcore BlackBerry fans, but they've got their hands on the Z3 and they're actually using it in place of their Z30, and I find that just like insane. But it just shows mm-hmm. that you know you really don't need that crazy of like internal hardware just to get all of that out of BlackBerry 10. So you know, like, I think, it, yeah. it goes. It goes beyond that even, you know, like we just put something on our, our BBM channel about legacy devices and a lot of people still are rocking legacy BlackBerry devices. There are millions, there are potentially more people on legacy devices than are on BB10, even though the sell-through is different at this point. But there's still a lot of people who yeah, like that quintessential yeah. keyboard QWERTY BlackBerry experience. So Chen, yeah, bringing, bringing a BB10 forward with the Passport and the Classic, Definitely a lot to be done there to you know, migrate the things over. Yeah, and you know what's an, uh, an interesting point about the Z3 is that I've talked to a lot of people, and a lot of people think that the Z3 actually looks nicer than the Z30. So from a marketing aspect like that, like back to Alex's point about people in the States, some using it instead of the Z30, you know, as we've seen before, especially with phones like iPhones and other phones, it's not just about the power underneath, it's about whether, you know, people like the way their device looks. Yeah. You also outside of the aesthetics too, which yeah. play a big role, is just budget wise. I think uh, the consumers now are uh, being more conscious in what they throw their money at. And they're looking at a device like the Z three or the Q uh, five and they're comparing it to like the Q uh, the Z thirty or something else and they're saying, Wow, I get the same uh, experience on a lower end device than the higher end, and they're opting out for the lower ones. So. I totally agree. I mean, I mean, you look at the vast majority of Android devices out there; they're not the high end Androids. They're the middle oh, yeah. range. I got it cheap. It does what I needed to do. Types of devices, and the Z3 is that and more because it, yeah. it still does. I think it still does the do Miracast and Wi-Fi Direct. Doesn't it do both of those? I yes. I'm not sure. Z3, yes, it does. It, right, it does so Miracast. Like, it, I believe so. I oh, believe well. it does, and the Z10 doesn't. It doesn't yeah. have NFC though, right? No, no NFC. But it, I mean, you're looking at the trade-offs. They still invested in yep. it to be a, a a device that stays in market and stays in market well. Um, a, a yep. post went out about the Passport supporting 4K, uh, you know, <laughs> shooting, shooting from its recorder in 10.3.1. It kind of again, like, do you really need it? How many screens out there are really using 4K? But again, future-proofing your devices is a smart move for BlackBerry yeah. right now. For sure. What do you guys think about the? Uh, I've heard some prices flying around about the passport, how it might be, you know, six fifty, reaching up to almost seven hundred dollars. What do you guys think about that price point there? If the passport were to come in at that price, I I'm not. I wouldn't be surprised because BlackBerry is a company that they're not afraid to do something like that. They feel like they're they're innovative, which I mean they are. And it's probably not the cheapest phone to build. It has decent specs, and then they're doing the whole, you know, touchscreen keyboard, which that might actually be somewhat expensive technology. We don't really even know. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm hoping they don't price it at that because if if they price this well, I think people, some people might actually buy it off just out of interest. Um, whereas if it's priced really high, they're not even going to take the the gamble. It's like the storm, you know, the storm yeah. has so much publicity. But it totally flopped, and a lot of people like bought it up. So I think you know people might even be skeptical about that whole thing too. You know, um, it, it's gonna come down. I think with you know going off of Brandon's uh, question of pricing, it's gonna come down to the carrier stores themselves. Exactly. Where this, where this device is gonna be yeah. seen, 
I mean, you could sell a six hundred fifty dollar device for one fifty on contract, and you know, bring in a real solid offering with that device. You know, if I could get a passport for one fifty, and I look at what else is being offered, you can clearly see, you know, right up front that you can get a lot from the passport device. I mean, you have the big, big screen, larger than what iPhone users are used to carrying. Uh, I think it's a. I think honestly, if they can price it right with carriers and push it through those channels, they have a good, uh, you know, successful path there for them to continue forward. Jube, what are your thoughts on the passport pricing? You, you've already were over at the BB Security Summit. Did they talk or cover any of that there? They didn't touch on the price so much, but I think there's going to be a. There has to be a delicate balance between adoption and then um, because the, you know the features that the device has does justify does get warrant. Um, that extra premium price that they, you know, throw on top of there. You know, they could sell the 4K element on there. They can sell the touch capacity keyboard on there. So they can, they, they have some sort of justification to keeping the price a little bit high, but they also have to, you know, keep that balance, that delicate balance. Like, okay, we want these devices in people's hands. So we got to hit that sweet spot where people are not afraid um, to uh, purchase the device. So we do have Chris. He just hopped on here in the middle of our sh stream. How you doing today, dude? Not too bad. It's Sunday. You know, relaxing. Trying to, anyways. All right. Get getting ready for the next week. Hopefully, it's a little bit faster than this one. We were just kind of mentioning earlier. It's been a slightly eventful week overall. Maybe a yeah. maybe a little bit too too much drama than we're used to, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> What are your thoughts? What are your thoughts on passport pricing? Uh, Brandon kind of preferenced the six fifty, seven hundred dollar price range. How do you think BlackBerry is going to be able to execute with their partners to bring this device to the market? Uh, I think in order to get people to like actual people in store purchasing it, it has to be around that two hundred dollar mark. Anything, anything two hundred dollars and below would be ideally perfect for. Consumers looking to pick it up. Uh, for those people, you know, picking it up off contracts, I think $700 is pretty much their breaking point. Um, what I would really like to see BlackBerry do is actually uh, put it out on that consumer market for about $200. $200 is reasonable. That's, you know, for, for what the device is, $200 is reasonable for consumer pricing. I would actually like to see them go ahead and knock the doors off and put it up for like $600 or something, you know, $600 or a little bit less on like say BlackBerry.com. If they did that, that would actually uh, spark a lot of a lot of people to go we, buy We've always seen we've always seen with Shop BlackBerry that they have this like six month lag of bringing those devices in. Do you yeah. think with, with dropping T-Mobile and Chen at the helm that they may switch up that strategy, maybe bring those devices? within one to two or three months after uh, initial release, or do you think we're going to see the same kind of consistency? I don't know. I think, I think we'll probably see the same kind of consistency, but I, I say that, and I'm hoping otherwise. Mm -hmm. Even though I think that's the path that they'll go, I hope that they don't go that way. I hope I'm very, very wrong, and they just, as soon as they announce it, they put it up there available for purchase. Hey, I mean, they're putting OS in beta zone. So, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, they're definitely know. changing things. They're ch yeah, they're changing, they're changing things up for sure. Uh, what was next on our topic list here? We wanted to roll over to, uh, you know, we, we saw a lot of passport reviews and videos. There was like a 28-minute long, long video about <laughs> some guy just like caressing 
Right, it got good toward the last like you know ten minutes there. But we've also seen a lot of pictures and also reviews in different languages. Uh, what did you guys think about seeing some of those? Did it made you more intrigued about the device, or were you kind of like, all right, what's next? Oh man, like I'm just at the point where I've seen like I, I've mentioned this earlier, like earlier this week to James and Alex, that I'm just like sick of seeing the passport right now. I just wanna. I just it needs to come out because yeah. it's just there's been so much, um, so many review video reviews already, and so many pictures of it that it's kind of like okay, it's just got to come out now because the surprise there's no surprise anymore. It's just a matter of when it's coming out. There's been early reviews of it too on other mobile yeah. tech sites, right? Yeah. My, my other other mobile tech sites like CrackBerry, <laughs> it had like the first pretty substantial one there. My issue with that, though, is that every all of the reviews, aside from the obvious of them not being in English, <laughs> yeah. But you know, I realize that we're we're not exactly the audience for that either, because I don't speak Czechoslovakian or whatever the case may be, or Russian, whatever. Um, aside from that, is that everything is based on pre-release hardware, and you know, it's it's nice to see that stuff when it actually does pop up. It's cool, but. You know, like everybody said, they all get tired of it eventually. You don't, you don't really want to see it anymore. It's just like, come on, why don't you just put the device out there at that point? Yeah. Um, so you know, it's, it's one of those things where, yeah, it's cool to see. My other issue is basically the fact that everybody who has essentially had their hands on the device has seems to have have not come from a very technical background like yeah. that, <laughs> we talked first, about that first video, <laughs> that, that video where the guy uh, whatever he was speaking he just held the device for like 24 minutes or whatever and I'm like are you gonna do something with the yeah. device like <laughs> he was just flipping it over and caressing the yeah. Yeah. swapping on the display and I'm like man you gotta do something with it you got the device there why aren't you showing off yeah. what it actually does like right do you what, think this is something in Eastern Europe? <laughs> Why are there so many in Eastern Europe? Like what like what's going on here? I guess that's two no. or three uh, video reviews of like where they're from Eastern Europe with the passport. It's like No joke, I hope I don't get like flamed for this, but the Eastern Europe carriers are pretty pretty lax. They just yeah. like, slide over there. <laughs> and then there's also there's also that assumption, well, not assumption, but essentially a rumor that it will go to Europe before it will go anywhere else. So right, I heard like UK launch kind of disseminated out and it rolls over to other countries as they've they've done. They always do these cascading device launches. It is is what it is there. Uh, uh, speaking again on uh, cascading rollouts, we have AT and T rolling out a ten point two point one point three zero one four. You know, overall, like I don't know. Kind of like a, a a letdown overall that it's coming so late. I almost wish they just wait for 10.3 at this point. Because yeah. does that mean we're gonna have a further delay on that OS coming out? Yeah, probably. Right. <laughs> Brent just released an update for their Q10s. Yeah, they did that like two weeks ago. Yeah. The Verizon still hasn't even gotten the Z30 update. Like it's just it's just ridiculous. I don't know what to. The thing the thing is is that normal people don't care about that. And yeah. those, those who actually do really genuinely care about it have already surpassed the carriers anyway. So. That's true. 
you know. You're like, screw you, Verizon. I'm downloading yeah. this leak. Yeah. <laughs> Chris, you're absolutely right. I mean, um, I mean, last week I spoke about when I was uh, working on a show for the Food Network, and Ty Pennington, the host, had his Q10, and he gave it to me, and I'm looking it over, and he's still running like 10.1 on there. You know, and I, I spent a couple hours updating it for him and, and uh, um, you know, giving him a quick demo of the new features. But, you know, he looked at me and was like, a lot, there's a lot of people that just use the phone as it comes, and they don't even yeah, yeah, yeah. updates. Or, they don't care about updates. It's just not in the, although I don't understand how he would still be on 10.2 or 10.1 because it forces the update at some point, but... <laughs> they, need, they need to force it faster and OTA from BlackBerry. <laughs> you know, which, I mean, you talked about how uh, BlackBerry Shop um, rolls out things like six months later for devices. What about the idea of them pushing out updates via their site instead of through the carriers? Is that still a viable option? Is that still might happen? Carriers won't let them, dude. No. It's just... Yeah. It's illegal. Like, you can't... They can't give out and distribute the OS when they're trying to sell the devices in-store creates a conflict of interest for the customer. You know, who, do I bring, who do I bring the device to when I have a problem? Do I bring it to Blackbird? Do I bring it to Carrie? Yeah. yeah, you know what's the funny? Only time, the only time that they got away with that is during the developer stages because at that point it wasn't an officially available device. Yeah. And they could push out the OSs as they wanted. They could make them available as downloads if they wanted. But as soon as you start interfering with you know, the, the, the consumer relationship, the carrier relationship, and BlackBerry relationship, then it gets into all sorts of legal nonsense, which is really kind of stupid. I mean, I, I, I understand it. I totally get it. However, I think if the person is smart enough to be able to, one, find those, le or find those links, and two, Go through the progress uh, process of actually installing it, then they should be allowed to do it. There should be like 15 yeah. different dis yeah. disclaimers, and then at that point, if you give up all of your rights, then you can download it. 15 different pop-ups. Do you agree? Oh, yeah. Do you agree? Do you agree? Yeah. Are the iOS betas are they full builds or do they like BlackBerry? Do they remove a bunch of stuff just so you can't really use it as a build? Yeah, they're full builds. See, I don't see why BlackBerry just doesn't do that. I mean, so many people have brought up, like, push out developer builds that actually work, and then that's kind of a way around the carriers, unless the carriers see that, and then they're like, no, you still can't even do that. It's Yeah, it's I, funny. I, Alex and I were speaking about it uh, earlier this week, and essentially I was like, well, like, when you have your internet at home, your ISP, yeah. they're not the ones deciding whether you can download, like, Windows 8 or... OSX or something, right? So why is a telecommunications carrier, you know, deciding whether your phone can get an update or not? It's, I mean, it's, especially if you buy it off contract or something. It's like, I mean, it's just the problem of who who do you call when there's a problem? Say your Windows computer starts having a problem, you mm -hmm. don't go and call up your your Verizon or ISP and be like, hey, <laughs> I have a virus or something, or this isn't working this way. Whereas someone with a phone, my mom, if she can't get her contacts to work, I would tell her, you know, you know, bring it to me, or you know, try and look online. But BlackBerry Tech Support's paid too, so like, what you think people are going to call BlackBerry Tech Support? No, they'll normally call Verizon. You argue with them enough, then they'll actually put you on with BlackBerry Tech Support for free. So that's well, Apple's the same way. You pay for Apple Tech Support. Yeah. And uh, like, unless you're paying for the tech support, they're not going to really help you after a certain warranty period. 
And it's essentially like the telecommunications provider should be like essentially the one that's letting you like phone and get the data and stuff. And I guess I think maybe BlackBerry should maybe push a bit more on customer support in that area to be another avenue to contact them. Yeah, maybe like integrate it more with the the carrier, and like you could actually call up the carrier, and they could transfer directly to BlackBerry rather than having to deal with that. That could actually yeah. be interesting. It's inter it's interesting as well that if you look at the uh, the jobs listings on BlackBerry's website, customer support is something they're investing in and actually increasing yeah. right now. Mm. Uh, I believe um, one of the appointees, uh, I want to say it was the COO that they newly appointed. Is also has a, c a customer service background, and he's, he's part of what he'll, he'll be doing there with BlackBerry is focusing on the customer support overall across enterprises and customers. So they're they're working on it at the very least, making sure they have the manpower to be able to help their customers. Yeah, and what they yeah. really need to address. I mean, I totally agree with everything said, but what they really need to address also, and I'm pretty sure that they are, is. Uh, the customer care through BlackBerry.com because if they if they're essentially going to be relying on BlackBerry.com to sell devices and accessories and stuff like that, then they really need to have good customer care in that department as well because there's there's plenty of horror stories out there from the customer care representatives and stuff like that. The people that have dealt with the customer care on BlackBerry.com, that's going to be a viable solution for them in the future. Then they really need to have good customer care on that end as well. Absolutely. You, you got to deliver a consistent experience to your customers or they're not going to stick around. That's one thing, you know, we, we harp on Apple all the time for this and that, but they have a, a great overall experience for their customers who are fully indebted. I think I saw on your channel that you posted like Apple Care is worth it when a bunch of yeah. costs was cut off for you. Yeah, I had, um, I had a Retina MacBook Pro and it just started acting weird and image retention and stuff like that. Ended up of course, I paid for it in, to begin with. I paid for the Apple Care to begin with, but if I didn't have that Apple Care, essentially my Retina MacBook Pro would have cost me $1,700 to repair, which at that point in time you could buy a, another MacBook at some point. Nice. Right? Insane. Ow, no, I took it. I took it back. I took it into the Apple Store. They're like, "Yeah, fix it." They got it back to me in two days. $1,700 worth of repairs, essentially free because I paid that upfront cost of like three hundred dollars or whatever mm -hmm. from Apple Care. Yeah. Still that's such such a good return. I'd rather like you pay you know, you get what you pay for than you pay for what you don't get. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Right. I I have a question what you guys think when we were talking about the passport stuff showing up, I you know, to have Kirk, he kept doing these like AMA kind of things, like ask me questions on his BBM channel. So I was trying to milk him for some information to figure out why he's doing all of this. And, you know, he's claiming that BlackBerry actually is having him leak this information and that he, he was working for BlackBerry and just all this random stuff. And, I mean, do you think there's a viable route that this could be grassroots marketing or do you think this is all these leaks? Because the, the one thing we haven't seen is too, too much of the OS. Like, we brought up the example of the guy, he had the phone for 25 minutes on on camera, he didn't even show like advanced interactions, <laughs> like the stuff that we know about that that they haven't really shown off yet. So, do you think BlackBerry is having these people do this, or this is just totally leaking? Well, first off, if they were gonna get Dapkirk, whatever, they would have gotten him to pick an easier name to freaking remember. Like, 
What is the full name? Dabkirk yeah. Designs? Yeah. Dabkirk Designs? Yeah. yeah. No, I think it's just uh, some people that know other people that and they get the, the leaks that way. I don't think it's... I don't know. I think in the past they've done grassroots marketing like that where they, they put out leaks, but I don't think now... I wouldn't believe it is. Oh, maybe somebody else knows more than me. That that would just... I don't know. I feel like it would speak against what Chen has been very vocal about. Yeah. You know? It's... But then at the same time, it's like he's been doing the leaking. He showed us the Q, yeah. Q20, Q20 at the time and, and other things. You know, he's called himself, even at the BB Security Summit, yeah. you know, like a PR nightmare because he <laughs> kind of goes off the cuffs. So, you know, who, who knows? It's interesting, though, the hands that it's hitting and the coverage that they're giving. It, it's, 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 been cons- it's been consistently uh, unrefined or incomplete, rather. You know, it's it hasn't it still has not hit hands that it's supposed to. I think Carphone Warehouse was a a good tell of what people will actually be doing when they do official reviews of these things. Uh, Chris, here's an, a question for you: What do you feel about giving the passport to a tech company like The Verge or Engadget, who really have, who have been against BlackBerry, you know, vocally for a while, you know, speaking you know speaking on or off about them? Do you think it'd be wise to send them a passport at this point, or wait for a subsequent device coming? Uh, personally, I wouldn't send them anything really. <laughs> I'm not BlackBerry. Uh, I believe they'll probably send them their unit. I don't know which of those two, like yeah, the Verge or Engadget, whatever. Um, I imagine one of them will probably get a BlackBerry passport. I mean, at this point, the BlackBerry passport is the most Specked out device that BlackBerry has to offer them. I mean, if they wait any longer, they're, you know, they're essentially going to miss out on that. So, what are you going to give them a, a, a Z3 LTE? No, you're going to give them a BlackBerry Passport and let them have at it and see what they say. But uh, again, personally speaking, I wouldn't even bother because what's the difference? You you you, you sort of know what the review is going to be without even giving it to them. You, can, you have a certain level of expectation based on right. what they've written previously. So, And it's, it's funny because BlackBerry's narrowed the gap of things that they can you know, pick apart and tear at, yet at the same time, they've almost given them more things to you know, complain about. Oh, it's, it's wide. Oh, you know, it's yeah. Well, didn't the Engadget just do, like, uh, I don't know, BlackBerry Blogs did it. They put out something on um, messaging. How yeah, it's like nightmare. We got unified... Um, Something essentially like they want the BlackBerry hub, but they don't mention the hub at all. So well, they got uh, so many uh, comments on that. The author of the uh, article actually went back and, and edited. Yeah, <laughs> didn't really edit it, but she, she like copy did. and pasted like commentary in. <laughs> she just said, "Listen, I I I um I acknowledge this, but yeah, no." <laughs> Everyone's just like, "Did you so, like, even the try? hub does everything I say, but." She came back and was like something like, uh, you know, it doesn't integrate other accounts outside of, you know, the basic BlackBerry ones. I'm like, yeah, no. what she said didn't make sense. And Yeah, and then she also mentioned that it's not available as like a downloadable app or something or other, that like it's not cross-platform. So that, yeah. that's, a, that's a hit on it. It's like, wait, what? Because the hub isn't cross-platform, it's not as good. Wait, what? That's the dumbest I heard. <laughs> And that's that's the thing. Like, I anybody who is 
actually genuinely interested in BlackBerry isn't going to those sites to read them anyways, which is why I say that they probably shouldn't get a review unit. It's nothing against those people. It's just, it's like, why? You're, right. you, the BlackBerry readers aren't going there anyways. The only time a BlackBerry reader goes to Engadget or The Verge to read something about BlackBerry is when those publications screw up and say something silly. You know, it's like... <laughs> And then BB Facts. The, the, the hub there. messaging one. Like, that's the only reason why BlackBerry people went to Engadget was because they wanted to go ahead and correct the erroneous information that Engadget was putting out. So, and the like, only. And so narrow minded. So narrow minded. Yeah, and the only flip side to that is that Engadget has a reach to consumers who are completely oblivious to BlackBerry. So they're going to read it and they're going to say, oh, and not have any, you know, any clue on what the reality of the situation is. I think that's where some of the, uh, you know, BlackBerry fans, enthusiasts, you know, they get upset because uh, Gadget has a, another kind of reach to a different kind of audience, and yeah. any kind of positive news would be great. But they still, you know, fumble on just the basic information. I use uh, I use Gadget as a pretty good uh, indicator on like. How, like, based on Sediment. the comments that Blackberry's, uh, that they do on Blackberry, I get, yeah, it's an indicator on sentiment about, uh, about Blackberry. And lately, even though they, like, their articles are always putting Blackberry down, the comments have slowly started to, you know, be quite a bit substantially better than they were, like, a year ago. You still get people who, who are like, oh, Blackberry's dead or whatever, but, I think overall, there's lots of people who are like, you know what, Blackberry's not necessarily my first choice, but this passport looks interesting. I might, you know, check it out for what it's worth. Yeah, Something I think, like that. I think the, I'm pretty sure I said it on the, on the last upstream as well, but the passport is just awkward enough to make people interested in it. It's yeah. just, it, it, that's, you know, that's the sentiment that people have. When they see the passport, they look at it, they're like, oh, it's weird, but it's so weird that I would probably pick it up and try it. And that's kind of what BlackBerry needs. <laughs> they need people to actually pick up the devices and start using them and start trying them out. And you know, even, even amongst BlackBerry users, when the passport first started showing up, everybody was like, oh, that's ugly, that's terrible. And now all of a sudden when nicer pictures come out and more information comes out, then you see a lot of people leaning towards the BlackBerry Passport. All of those people who said it was ugly are now like drooling on their keyboard waiting for it to be released. I feel like that's like every BlackBerry 10 device so far. Yeah, that, it happens every time. Everybody, You see the, the early leaks and the dumb pictures and everybody's like, oh, that's ugly. And then everybody hopped on it once. <laughs> once you see some, nice there was a lot of criticism, and, and and Chris would know this. There was so much criticism when those caveman drawings of the passport came out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, what is Blackberry doing? Are they intentionally trying to suck? <laughs> okay, per perfect, perfect point to segue there. Uh, I, I know you felt some type of way about the announcement of the P ninety nine eighty three. Also known as a fancy Q10. How do you feel about the uh, the whole spec gambit that they're running there? I mean, uh, okay, premium, so, premium materials should define it all, right? <laughs> okay, so um, when did the Q10 come out? What time last year? It's March, been over a year. April, April, March. Yeah, March. Oh my God! So, um, so I, 
I'm not entirely sure. I'm going to say that it probably falls a little bit more on the side of Porsche on this one. Um, but we had early spec releases that uh, you know a couple sites put out, and I said, oh, you know what, that's pretty cool. A little bit of RAM, a little more um, you know processing power, a little more uh, screen size, and you know a premium uh, materials being put. I was like, you know, that 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 may be something I'm interested in. And I said it last upstream. I wouldn't mind getting, you know, the com device. And then the updated BBIN, you know, released the uh, specs, and it was just the Q10. That I was so <laughs> infuriated with it. I, I just, why? That's, I, I said it is just like a total fail. Will it sell? Probably. Of course but... it will. <laughs> here's, here's the thing with that, though, Jube. Is, is that a fail on your part for thinking that they would actually go ahead and update the specs a little bit or is it just a fail on BlackBerry because historically the Porsche design devices have only ever gotten more storage they've never actually received any screen upgrades or anything like that the only thing is that realistically what they've ever only done with the Porsche design devices was actually take the current existing model that was out there and just wrap it in a pretty package. That was it. Right. You know? And I, you know, I guess I wasn't looking for the second coming. I was just looking for something that's worth the price tag. And I was, <laughs> I, I gotta say, I was disappointed with the, the back cover too. I mean, that with the same Q10, you know, yeah. last week. What happened to the leather? I mean, even the you know the Z10 uh, model version has it. I don't understand. <laughs> Leather fades, but glass weave is forever. <laughs> I mean, uh, it, it's it's interesting. They probably designed the Con and the uh, the King device back when they first came out, and they're just finally coming around to bringing it to market. I don't think it has been a long-term design plan. Yeah, it's not like something that they were working on all this time and right. trying to get together like how does it work it's probably set in stone long ago <laughs> like, it's, epic. it's like the passport and the new Porsche you know P8883 you know coming out at the same time it's like oh this is going to usher in the new wave of like high end and it's like passport. $700 $2000 yeah. <laughs> yeah. but when you think about it when you're someone who can own a device like that you're not going to be the one who's setting up the calendar events you're just going to you're going to be getting like two or three other people to do all that stuff for you. So as long as you can make phone calls, BBM, check out your calendar events and stuff like that, that we're that's pretty much to go. That's pretty much the thing. Is like every time that somebody posts something about the Porsche design devices, and it goes it goes way back to the very first one as well. People jump on it. They say it's ugly, how much they hate it, and everything is. But you know what? You're not the target audience. If you're right. actually even looking at the price tag of the Porsche design devices, then you're clearly not the target audience. I remember hearing that repeatedly in the comment section, uh, Chris, over at the credit. Yeah, it's like if you're saving, if you're saving up whining. for the Porsche design, it's not for you. Yeah. Right, right, right. <laughs> now, I was gonna get the device and stuff. I, you know, you mentioned the very first Porsche design, Chris, and I liked that one actually. I think it commanded. It was so different. It commanded a lot more attention. There was more attention to that device yeah. than to the Con device. The Con device didn't really. You know the the features. I, I just didn't really it didn't draw me in like that very first one that they did. Yeah, it well, lost. The idea lost something along the way. Yeah, one of the fastest growing markets is the luxury market, guys. So I mean, they're tapping into it. 
during the recession. That was the one market that wasn't like losing money. It was a luxury market because yeah, people the rich were still get buying. Yeah, get rich. Spend the money on something. Yeah. Buy a Virtue with like worse specs than the worst Android device at any carrier. <laughs> but hey, it has a concierge with it. And dollars <laughs> later. <laughs> uh, I'm just is that you think there's a possibility of some other company coming in and making their custom designed Blackberry device? <laughs> BMW, Mercedes. I honestly yeah. feel like like what is a car? What is a phone? You know, they're both quote unquote daily drivers for what you're going to be doing. I feel like those markets are really going to kind of combine. I wouldn't I wouldn't put it past like Honda or Acura putting out a phone in the future, one that super connects with the car, just right. for a time period yeah. while we, we kind of bridge the ubiquity of the kind of platform that we need to really unite all yeah. those you know disparate well, industries. Honda Honda put out like a this might have been a year back or maybe I was actually dreaming it or something but I'm pretty sure <laughs> Honda or Acura or one of them put out like a smartwatch that integrated with their their car like 100% perfectly or something like that wow that's crazy yeah that was like a little bit of a ahead of its time pretty sure they did It'll show up on Connected Me like next month. <laughs> yeah. I think actually uh, Mercedes has a, a really good Pebble watch um, where you can like get all the diagnostics for your Mercedes vehicle on your Pebble watch. Uh, that's one example. I'm not sure if maybe that's the one or if it's uh, something different. So like car mechanics that when they're what? <laughs> I don't know. It's just imagine. one that, like, I guess, like you. I don't know. You you have to see how much fuel or <laughs> or how much like torque was <laughs> going. I don't know. Like, my, my, I, my, little... my parents. My parents have a, a hybrid right now, and they have a key, but it, they never like use it for anything. They just have mm -hmm. proximity to the car, and it works. Yeah. So your watch could more or less. Be it was Nissan. Nissan put out a smartwatch last. Wait, what year is it? Uh, yeah, last year. <laughs> What did it do? Because it's like uh, you're not looking at the watch when you're driving. So, uh, electronic wirelessly relaying data from cars like the Nissan GTR and the 370Z. The Nismo watch can display messages from the manufacturer, connect to the car through a smartphone app. And capture biometric data through a heart rate monitor. That's kind right? of crazy. Your car can relay if you're having a heart attack. Like, yo, yeah, someone put it in the GPS the nearest hospital. <laughs> that would that would be that is pretty cool. I mean, honestly, where do we see cell phones going? I see like some kind of like NFC wristwatch that just connects to every screen I own. You know? Yeah. Right. Something, something simple. I thought you just said the NSA wristwatch. Oh. <laughs> that too. No, but I did want to cover the uh, N4BB leaked out a, a, a roadmap here for some of what may be coming, may not be. You'll see affordable Manitoba, which is that Z3 device. Maybe they'll brand it as a Z20. We have the classic Q20 device, which was <laughs> announced way, way earlier in the year. I'm loving the uh, stereotypical uh, right. images of the people on the bottom. <laughs> The classic, because that's exactly who I pictured getting the classic. <laughs> no nonsense simplicity. Yeah. I mean, you, it's funny because they have, like, the woman using the Manitoba, 
and then the woman is over there wit- hooking up with the guy with the con. It's like they're, they're, <laughs> they're, doing, they're doing some subverse advertising. Moving on. Moving on up, The starter device. It's like, man, I'm going to get laid. i got to purchase me a con. <laughs> it's interesting. In this, in this mock-up, at least, they have the red accents as well. She's a yeah. We saw, we saw that on a, the two ninety six build of Tinnat Blue. How from old is this roadmap? Forever ago, <laughs> right? And when you go actually to the roadmap itself, like they don't even talk about the classic anywhere. <laughs> the classic <laughs> like may not be coming at least when this roadmap was built. It wasn't on the roadmap for this year. I wouldn't be surprised if this was last Christmas. Christmas. At right. the very least, it's May. They got the ninety seven twenty going strong. <laughs> <laughs> No, there's, it was just cool to see this and kind of cool to see kind of how they were planning out to market it with the innovative prestige classic and affordable sections. You know, like, in defense you... of the roadmap, I mean, they it looking at it, they seem to really cover their ends. You know what I mean? They got the they got both spectrums and everything in between kind of covered. So, you know, all right. It's a road. Yeah, kind of... it's never it's never meant for public consumption, anyways. Who cares what they put on it? I mean, it's yeah. cool. It's cool to look at and see. You know. Who fits into the stereotypical categories and stuff like that? But you know, at the end of the day, it doesn't mean much. It's just I, uh, like I don't feel like any. I don't feel like any of those people. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like BlackBerry is kind of playing the uh, that Samsung game to an extent, where they're trying to build a device for every for for all the different markets to kind of appeal to all the different levels, just so there's that much more opportunity for people to purchase a device. You know, you see Samsung's, and no matter what purchasing level you're going at, there's always going to be a Samsung device there. And we're starting to see that a bit more with the Z3, the uh, the Q, the Classic, which I don't, I'm not, based on what I've heard, I don't think it's going to be as expensive as a, as a Premier device, like a Passport. Have you guys heard anything about that? I don't even think it should be. I think it should yeah. be. Modestly prices, like mid range, right? I'm talking like right now the Z30 is on sale for 350. That's where I want to see the classic, especially yeah. if you're not giving me more specs on it. You're kind of At just most. repackaging <clears throat> some. Yeah, like bring in a decent graphics processor, do all that, you know, repackage a Z30 for me, and I'll be I'll be pleased enough. At yeah. a three 350 400 price range, even better. But we'll see see how they go with that. Yeah, if they try and stick like a six or seven hundred dollar price tag on that, no, people right. will just balk at it. But if they put it at three or four hundred dollars, yeah. Especially if you're if you're trying to get this device over into enterprise, I mean, make it lucrative for them so that I don't know. You guys saw the the promotion they were doing with Verizon to trade in legacy devices. You know, all that money is worth more devices if they price their enterprise devices a little bit more competitively. And that's what that roadmap shows as well. It shows that they're basically looking at getting enterprise customers buying it. I think at that point, when it comes when it comes to the classic, I think they actually even even though their movement wouldn't show it, <laughs> I think they want to get rid of the ninety nine hundred and replace the ninety nine hundred with the classic, and then sell that to business users. That's what they really want. And and they're still selling the ninety nine on their their website for four hundred dollars. So like yeah. it's gotta come in like right there or lower. Which like, which makes me wonder when the classic actually gets released, will they pull the ninety nine hundred off the website and put the classic gotta. in that three ninety nine slot? 
Seems reasonable to me. Sounds right. like the most appropriate maneuver. That'd be wise of them. That'd be yeah, the best part is people, hope, we hope that people won't even notice it. They'll think it's a 9900 and buy it and be like, oh, Blackfoot sounds <laughs> good. Oh, I like that. <laughs> Here we go. We have gotten to the, we've gotten to the root of the workout work strategy. Yeah, if the trick is trickery now. <laughs> I don't know. Like that's the device I'm really looking forward to. Like I picked up a 9900 the other day, and I'm just like blown oh, away oh. by all the yeah, all the things it could do. Like there was a hub on there. It just wasn't called the hub. Like yeah, was, you're absolutely was, uh, right. It was even more integrated with Uber and like all the cool apps that were there, social feeds and BBM Music. Rest its soul. Uh, <laughs> there was a, there was a lot going on for BBOS. <laughs> Uh, it was just terrible for loading up Jennifer Lawrence nudies. <laughs> <laughs> That's so There's bad. no way you could download that image on the BlackBerry 7. <laughs> it would take like longer than the pictures would be online. <laughs> oh gosh, it's it's pretty bad. Like when cybersecurity gets to the point where I'm hacking your your cloud for for whatever. <laughs> and it's it's, you it's sad because like we use Dropbox and Box and all these other you know platforms for cloud storage as well, and we assume they're secure, but they're probably all as easily hackable. Oh, yeah, for sure. Speaking of the uh, the hack with these uh, celebrities and their nudie pics being released, um, were they all iPhone, iCloud? Is this... Is this yeah. It was a mix. Them? Okay. There was, there was a lot... <laughs> A lot of Android users were amongst them. <laughs> That's what I thought initially. It's pretty clear if you look at the pictures. <laughs> the same. <laughs> it seemed like Lawrence Lawrence was using an iPhone in several of her photos. Yeah. And the rest like were quite a bit of Android <coughs> devices. It, it just shows you like you know there is a need for a secure cloud, and I think it's a point to be discussed here as we kind of wind down toward the latter half of this. Uh, what do you guys think about a secure cloud from BlackBerry? They did buy New Bay. They withheld some of that uh, intellectual property before selling it off again. Uh, what do you guys think about a secure cloud from BlackBerry, especially considering this alleged blend uh, concept that they're bringing forward? Yeah, well, what happened to uh, BlackBerry Protect? That's, that's the main thing, is that they had a cloud. It was used to back up their, the information for legacy devices, and now on BB10... A big question mark on what happened to that. Um, I think that they've made quite clear that any sort of cloud services is going to be directed for enterprise initially, and it's going to be a while until they figure out uh, what they want to do with consumers. It's, it's the same thing with BBM video, it's the same thing with a couple other features. Uh, they're trying to uh, cater to you know, the enterprise uh, market first. And once they get that, um, you know, get a hold on that and able to stabilize and make profit, then they'll start considering the consumer side of things. I so. wouldn't even mind a consumer insecure cloud. Just give me, <laughs> just give me, just give me something, man. I don't need uh, it to be secure. Just give me a place to put my stuff. <laughs> right. It's, uh, you know, like, like Brandon mentions, they had BlackBerry Link, you know, not BlackBerry Link, excuse me, BlackBerry Protect up in the cloud more or less. And with BlackBerry Link, if they could sync the media side of that, it's like all that BlackBerry Link did for you on desktop can now be put in the cloud. It's like it seems simple and logical to just do that. Give us Blend as a part of that with Dang, everything else. Dave, and, since uh, when does BlackBerry does simple and logical? When? I don't know. I feel like it's something like, you know, you either harden it for enterprise and, and drive that route, or you give something open and that everyone can get into. I mean, yeah. how is a how is an how is a BBM user on 
iPad going to use Blends as opposed right. to someone on BlackBerry 10? Like, they have to have something figured out for this, this dissemination of information via cloud or via however. The retail demo for uh, Blend made mention about your files, how you can have access to your files and 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 stuff like that. So I, I don't know if that's just referring to your files on your device or if maybe yeah. there's some your device and your computer. Yeah, yeah there's no like there's no I'm, place in the cloud. There's no cloud storage on that back end of it. it they're when they say that they're basically reflect re, uh they're talking about the integration with the file manager that right. is in Blend, which would presumably either open up the files that are either on your device or either on your computer. Right. Same kind of same kind of backend that Link already has with remote file access. Yeah. Just kind of enhancing mm -hmm. that. You know. So again, yeah. give it across screen, and and who knows if that's a secure connection that it's making? Because they do mention Blend being some sort of a VPN solution without the need of a VPN. So they, they have something hardened for enterprise, and I wouldn't be surprised if they bring an open beta toward the end of September with the Passport launch and then kind of move forward with it as we await the launch of 10.3. What do you guys think? you guys think we'll see Blend along with the Passport, or is that something for 10.3.1 or later? At this point, I'm starting to think it's going to come with 10.3.1 because if you think about it, the passport has enough going for it. It doesn't really doesn't really need blend to sell it. It has that touch uh, keyboard. It has the size, the form factor. It's got that you know that that new resolution. So I think on its own, it's <laughs> kind of got that wow factor. Everything you said is like the same thing I was saying about the Z10 when it first came out. It's got that new resolution. It's got that new form factor. <laughs> Like, you know, it's not enough. It really isn't. We had time shift. We had a cool keyboard. We had an awesome browser. Yeah. It wasn't enough. I mean, I, 4K, we had talked earlier 4K before. Recording yeah, too. right, exactly. It's going to have 4K. What did you think about that, Blaze? Do you feel like that was a, a needed addition? Overall, it's pretty useless. I mean, just like you said. Right, like it's, it's I don't know. It's great to be able to go ahead and say, yeah, my device can record 4K. But well, the file, how large the file is going to be is just going to be a joke. Yeah, right. Jane, we talked about this, man. It was Please, just you're like, going to shoot like 10 seconds of video, and like there goes your whole 32 gig. <laughs> well, it's like, what are you going to watch it on? Yeah. Your passport. <laughs> it, it's 720p. I think it's a megabyte a second, I think. So, like, now at 4K, that would be, I don't know, say, like, 5 or... Come on, Alex, come on. All right, just say, like, 6, six megabytes a second or something. It's like those people who say you need, like, a ridiculous resolution on the screen. That's, like, how big is it? It's, like, do you really need to see that much detail on a screen, like, that small? It's, yeah. it's going to strain your eyes, man. <laughs> I can hold it 10 feet away and still see it crystal clear. The problem is, though, is that it kind of sort of needs to be there just because, realistically, it does. It needs to be there. Yeah. People, need, people need to be able to say, well, my phone can do 4K. Even, right. even, if, yeah. even, if, even if the person saying that never has any use for it or even you know a 4K television or monitor in their house, it doesn't matter. They just like yeah. that. They like it's a marketing means, but it sounds provocative. It gets the crowd going. Yeah, exactly. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, just yeah. like they're they're advertising the phones, saying that they're 4K phones, and then like I can't believe these advertisements for some of these Android phones, where they're like trying to advertise to people why they should need a 4K phone or why it's better. It's like, this is higher resolution than your TV screen. It's like, okay, what does that mean? It's like, great. How long does my does battery it to, Does it have to stay plugged in all day like my TV? Would you want to go back to, Jube? Uh I wanted to go back to, as far as like what you were saying, Blend, does it need to be launched? I, I think that BlackBerry really needs Blend to be launched alongside with Passport and the Con device. Um, I think it's leaked so much at this point that they have to put it out. <laughs> yeah. It's just an overall offering that will put out a solid um, release. This is a solid launch release for everyone. It's like we got these great devices and we got this great software that can integrate with everything. I wonder if the, that's the Passport can be disruptive. Like, are we going to see, like, iPad sales slow in Enterprise because the Passport? Because you have this device that can do all of that better with giving you the screen real estate as well? I mean, I, I don't know. That, that's, a, that's a rhetorical question. We'll move on from there. I do want to talk about the uh, leaked OS that's come out. I know we'll have to tiptoe over some of our words here, though. Uh, have any of you guys loaded it up on test devices just to see uh, what it had oh, to yeah, offer? Yeah, I loaded it up on every device. <laughs> So uh, how did you how did you feel about the OS thus far? It's pretty good. I like it. It's pretty stable. Um, I find that uh, it fixed a lot of the camera issues from the previous leak. And there's still some. Yeah, it still it still pops up every now and then. Uh, I don't want to concentrate on what's all terrible about it, but yeah. my uh, my audio when on phone calls and. Music seems way freaking lower for some reason. I don't know what the deal is there, but overall, I mean, it's it's a pretty stable build to be running on your device. I'm using it right now. I'm using the 1130 on mine, and I'm surprised by how stable the Android is. Run yeah, the Android update, Android runtime player got fixed for sure. Like, like it, it works now. Like, it still has limitations, obviously, but it, like, Consistently works for you. It's, it's responsive, and it doesn't feel like a dead app once you launch it. That it like is semi-responsive. Like, yeah, it, it's it's there for you. And I can yeah, I can only imagine it's going to get better with device optimization later down the line. What are the selling points for 10.3? Like for right now, a few of my friends they're on 10.2.1 right now, and I'm trying to say I'm like it's a stable build, but I I have installed leaks on their phones in the past. And they run into some like bugs, and they're like, you know, I really don't want to be doing this. But I'm trying to explain to them that it's like a solid build, and I really want to get them on 10.3. Like, what are the selling points? I don't know what to tell them. It's faster, yeah, it's, and there's the assistant. It's, like, it's a hard sell apart from the virtual assistant, which is pretty cool. Like, I was telling yeah. my mom about this lead. She's like, oh, what's new about it? I'm like, oh, it's got this like virtual assistant. Yeah. Can do this. She's like, okay. Here. Like, what else can you do? And I'm like, uh. That's what I'm running into too. Like, there's so much, but it's tough to. Yeah. I don't know. The tree cars is pretty awesome. I like that. Yeah, that's true. Which, didn't they rename it to just Hub Instant Actions? Yeah, I don't know what they named it, but whatever. All that. More buttons in the box. (laughs) You know, like, on the left side, you can mark it as red and odd red. Like, I didn't even notice that. That's, like, one of the little Blackberry things that. You just learn later on. Like some yeah. people, they notice it right away, but 
it's it's pretty cool. I'm pleased with it overall. I love the signature action that they're bringing together. The yeah. whole 10.3 OS feels very cohesive, and I don't know if you guys have noticed, but the more you use a core application, the better it gets. So if you if you actually play within the native music player, it actually adapts and changes to you the more and more you use it. So when you open it up at first glance, it looks very like bare bones and simple. Oh but yeah, it'll, it'll, it start, it'll start filtering mm -hmm. and changing for you, and so does the pictures as well. Yeah, and I noticed the, the album. Because yeah. Yeah. when you open right. it yeah. up for the very first time, it just gives you the playlist of like all the albums. But once you start actually using it, it yep. starts putting all of the stuff that you listen to the most up at the very top. Right. So it, yeah. gives you, like, it gives you top played. And yeah, just, yeah, like, yeah. A, a double carousel to roll all the album art, so you can actually just tap on the album art, and then it dumps you right into it. And it's real cool how they're kind of advancing the whole adaptive kind of uh, idea that they've brought in ever since bringing in that share framework. Now it seems that the voice can adapt to you as well in other parts of the OS. So just cool to see that they're trucking forward with the OS, you know, bringing it into beta zone, you know, ironing out the uh, the nonsense that comes along with that. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I hope it doesn't tarnish overall what's going on. I mean, we have leaks... They happen all the time for different OSs, different pieces of information. How do you guys feel about leaks? We had mentioned D. Habkirk uh, maybe working under, you know, undercover for BlackBerry, leaking these out at their whim. Do you think that leaks are an important part of the BlackBerry culture at this point, or do you think that that's something that needs to change overall? Mm, I don't know. I think, I think leaks in some circumstances are actually really relevant, and they need to be present it when they actually do happen. However, uh, there's also circumstances where leaks shouldn't be published because it sort of damages the brand. I mean, very early, early stuff probably shouldn't be leaked. I mean, I can't, I can't give any examples because I can't think of any right off the top of my head. But there's Squirkle. Yeah, there's a there's a certain certain point there where you know probably don't want to put certain stuff out, and then other stuff, it's, it's a little bit more refined and a little bit more polished. It's tough. I mean, I, I look at the side where you got these blog sites, and everyone's trying to beat the other site to the latest and greatest, and, you know, they, they'll get their hands on some information, some leak, and they'll put it out there, and you kind of wish there was some form of like integrity with with them. It's like you know what this leak is probably gonna do BlackBerry damage because it's not complete. It's got a lot of holes in it, and I'm just gonna keep it to myself versus putting it out there. And then so many other people are like, "Is this it? This is crazy. How can BlackBerry do this?" You know, with the red accents. Mm -hmm. um, that was a whole like. Huge yeah. It's just like. Uh, you know, even at the BlackBerry event that uh, that I went to and covered, there were some people in the BlackBerry stack that didn't even know that there were red yeah. accent marks even ever there. You know, looking at us, you know, they're like, really? There were even red ones? I didn't even know that. How do yeah. you guys get this information? Like, uh. Yeah. When 10.3 went into, into like, a internal beta testing, uh, I had to tell one of my friends, that it's like, yo, you can long press on the active frames and move them around. And he's like, huh. That's neat. <laughs> yeah. you know, they don't have any kind of official, like, this is what's new. They don't have change logs. No, you just get it, load it when you, when you can. And uh, it's, it's interesting overall to see, official or unofficial, there is a massive beta test going on for BlackBerry 10.3. Uh, BlackBerry 10 in general, people are you know, always testing out new and different builds. 
Uh, I wish there was a way to kind of bring all the information that is out there and kind of funnel it, direct it at BlackBerry. I know CrackBerry does a good job of it already, but there's even more out there that could be consolidated for the community. But any closing remarks from anyone about their BlackBerry experience thus far? Otherwise, we'll, we'll cap this out. Jubei, anything to say about the Mets game? <laughs> <laughs> I've been enjoying the, uh, the leaked OS uh, thoroughly. Um, it's just the response uh, time and the way everything launches and closes has been a, a pleasure to use. Um, I look forward to the ten, you know, the official release, uh, 10.3.1 uh, for sure. Um, for everyone watching, listening, it's certainly a, that that hasn't downloaded the leak. It's it's certainly something to look forward to. It's going to be such a great experience that BlackBerry could certainly market and stand behind 100%, uh, especially with the new devices. So um, I'll close out just saying uh, they've done a tremendous job, for sure. All right, before we move forward, one last thing. Everyone, look at your phone. Tell me, if you're on 10.3, tell me how many active frames you currently have opened. Are one. you utilizing the feature? One. One. I, I actually have three. <coughs> Zero. Zero? Brandon, you're a zero person? Yeah. Chris, how many did you? Five. Five. Jeez, he's really using it. Jube, I didn't one. see how many you had. I'm going to shut one because it's my phone log, but you guys have all of them. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. See, I can appreciate that. Like, I'm not getting that much battery drain. I constantly leave two open every now and then I'll let it go to four. Um, for those of you who are closing everything, what exactly is it that's making you not want to keep it open? You're just used to closing it out, like ha habit, bro. Like, I love the the static home screen and that like it gives you the date up front. I mean, you guys saw in our group what uh, Marco was working on with his peak inspired by Brandon's little music uh, gesture. So I, I kind of like the static home screen and it gives people a central focus point. And I also like seeing the wallpaper underneath because the rest of my pages all have a, you know, a grid. So for me, it's kind of habitual. There used to be a time where I would run one, uh, one page full of apps, so that as soon as I closed out an app, it would automatically bring me back to my app tray, so that I always had quick access to everything. But I know things are changing with the OS, and I guess how I'm going to have to use it. Yeah, just it's more utility based. I mean, uh, aesthetics aside, always having my calendar open. So like when I'm in an email or and I pull down from the top and there's a calendar appointment or I get a notification, the calendar opens up immediately because it was already opened and it just pulls the card on top. And Speaking of calendar, can I just say I love meeting mode? That is oh, amazing. Oh, yeah. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. That is one reason. That reason alone should be enough to upgrade to 10.3 if you actually have like That's a lot very of true. calls or anything like that. Is anything like that on, say, like the iPhone or Android? Because I feel like this is a, a very BlackBerry productivity utility that, that other people aren't thinking as much about. Uh, I think they're similar on iOS. I just can't remember what it's actually called. But I don't think there's anything identical to it, at least built into the operating system on okay. BlackBerry. Or, sorry, Android. I had a... I had a BBM earlier from Daniel, who's in our group, and he was like, how does this work? Like, does every calendar appointment I have going to silence my phone throughout the day? Like, <laughs> is it based off how the, the, you know, the calendar entry is put in? And I'm like, I think it's just busy. Thing, just busy, so nothing else. Yeah. Okay. Which is, it's, that's the right way. Like, I, I remind myself for TV shows, I've had to try and get in this habit. I used to have it marked as busy, but now I make mm -hmm. it free because I 
sometimes like I'll miss the TV show. I don't want my phone just to go into vibrate or silent mode. So I'm the non-important stuff. I just make it free, and I'll know a quick glance. I'm just trying to use my calendar differently now, but they might change that in the future. Alex, you should write like an article about you're doing BlackBerry 10 wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like there there's so many like user habits that I think are gonna have yeah. to be brought down. I mean, especially for, for users coming over from Android or iOS, like it's a massive change in the usability perspective. Yeah, and that's a that's a viable argument as well because not everybody uses their phone the same way. I remember one time uh, I did a video for Crackberry and I posted it, and I was reading through the comments and everything, and somebody was somebody asked me like why I wasn't swiping through everything rather than you know just tapping. Um, because I have a tendency to tap wherever I need to go rather than actually swiping through some of the menus, which is perfectly fine. This is just how I learned how to use the phone, but realistically, that that person saw it as being the wrong way to use it because I didn't need to tap. They felt like it was it, it was an extra step that I was taking, and my productivity could have been improved by actually just swiping. And you know they're absolutely right, but it it wasn't it just wasn't the way that I used that particular app or yeah. whatever it was at that point. It's just it wasn't in my mind. But ever since then, they put that in my head, and now I swipe through everything. Right. That's that's a, such it. a good point because I bring up the active frame thing. All of us we close all of our active frame. <clears throat> We're on ten dot one, ten dot zero. Like we've been on the system for a while, so that might actually mean that. The new people coming on to BlackBerry 10.3, if it's their first BlackBerry 10 experience, they are probably going to actually keep active frames open and realize it's supposed to be kind of like um, a, a module. Is that what do they call an Android? I can't. Widget. 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 Yeah. So people actually see it as a widget, and the fact that when you restart your phone, they're still there. Like BlackBerry obviously wants you to keep them open. So that's very. Active, that's a good point. So to speak. Yeah. Yeah. I disagree with the 10.3 that the active frames has a little more functionality than it did before. Before, there wasn't anything much active about the frames, and That's now true. with 10.3, I'm starting to see some of the functionalities come through as an active frame than it did before, so that's really encouraging. Like the device me. manager. I've been yeah, actually keeping that open. I get my, my, my data usage, and I, like, I'll be on the browser for a bit, and I'll actually see oh, I was on the browser for 20 minutes, and within that time period, I used, like, 5 megabytes. So I actually start to understand how much data my phone uses when I do stuff, and it's actually great. It's kind of funny because that that implementation actually puts a lot of third-party developers yeah. out of the mix because it's already built in. You no longer need to download an app for it. That's very true. Which is, you know, that sort of happens across the board at some point in time anyways because mm-hmm. Android does that at you know, numerous times, and even iOS has done it. Like, they've basically gone ahead and taken some jailbreak applications and actually built them directly into iOS, so. Flashlight app. Yeah. In, in BlackBerry 10, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like everybody everybody who made a flashlight app for BlackBerry 10 is like, shit, man. Yeah. <laughs> You're on to me now. Yeah, I had my, I had my flashlight app in beta zone for four months. 
Yeah. <laughs> That's still pretty there. sad, though. The flashlight is probably, like, one of the most used apps on my phone. Yeah. There's, like, still a flashlight app in the, the BlackBerry beta zone, too, isn't there? Yeah. It was, like, for a while. It's, like... It's still there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why? They're I don't doing know. It for, it's free publicity, or it's free advertising for him. Yeah, seriously. Blackberry that's why, needs that's to regulate the not Like, I think as for BB, they dominate Betazone right now, and it's like, I think Blackberry really needs to moderate some of this so it doesn't get totally out of control and let a few more good developers in there rather than have, as for BB, have six apps in there. But. Yeah, it's bizarre. Like, they just need to, like, all the developer elites should have access. But it's not. I think they, I think they do, if I'm not mistaken. I think a lot of developer leads get access. Think, well, more developer leads yeah. need more apps than I guess. <laughs> I don't know. It's just like they need better access. I know some who have it, but there's still a few who don't. Like they, they don't have access. I mean, I want it great. badly. I want it badly too. Yeah. I don't have any access to it. I'm not a developer, but yeah. <laughs> I have a developer account with like seven apps that are listed in it. So why don't I? Have any <laughs> yeah. Not to harp bad on BlackBerry toward the end of this, but like. Beta zone still takes a hot minute to load. Like, oh, yeah. not at all. <laughs> <laughs> Mine is loaded. And the funny thing is, is the last update that they they actually mentioned it in the change. To load. They're like, we're uh, still aware that the app yeah. takes a while to load. This <laughs> right. is this is what I get all the time now. Whenever yeah. I try to access it, uh, BlackBerry Beta Zone. It I just, honestly uh, don't think it's. Um, uh, I don't think it's the app though. I think it's basically server. Yeah, it's the server. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. the actual app. So. All right. We've been having we've been having some fun with the redemption codes. I don't know. Once it's go live, everyone like runs for it. It's been pretty fun overall. People have been sharing like codes out. Now we finally have access for it. I mean, how what's the largest amount of uh, coupons that have been given out on Crackberry, Chris? We talk like two thousand. I don't know. I'm pretty sure it was around 2000, and then they cut it off. The thing is, I'll tell you guys, it's kind of kind of the secret, at least for some developers, really, is that chances are we'll go we'll go ahead and put up a post and say, you know, it's only for 100 coupon codes. But meantime, that developer has the access to go ahead. They can monitor it almost in real time, if not real time. Like, because I don't have access to it. can't tell you. <laughs> <But> <laughs> I believe it's almost in real time. So they can see how many coupon codes have actually gone through, and then they can just go ahead and add more once they've actually been initially approved for it. Uh, so sometimes when it actually says, you know, there's only 100 available, yeah, you probably want to check because the developer is probably keeping their eye on it and letting a few more go out. So, right, because I did I did one for like fifty, and it was gone in like two minutes. Like, <laughs> yeah, it was gone like immediately. But uh, yeah, I guess that's the nature of it. Time, and I mean, yeah, you, you got to jump on them while they're there, otherwise you might not get them. But right. then there's there's always there's always that complaint that people aren't getting the uh, getting the codes or the apps that they want. But I mean, come on. Yeah. It's not necessarily about giving out the free codes. It's about the apps. And right. It's about promoting the app and getting it in more hands. Mm-hmm. I mean, it only I, works I got, for, uh, I got angry emails about, uh, you know, oh, I'm Pacific time. Every time you post a contest, I'll never be awake to even enter. <laughs> I'm like, set an alarm. Like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I've, it only works 
I've randomly switched them up and posted them at, like, on different time zones, but that's only because I don't sleep a whole heck of a lot anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it only works if it's a paid app. If you have an in-app purchase in your app, there's no way for you to do a promo. You can't even set your in-app purchase to free. Oh, yeah, it's true. So it's like, I was thinking of doing like a, like a promo for, for my app, like put it free for like a day or something. Yeah. But like I don't have the option to do that, so it's like, come on, BlackBerry. I have a developer friend who uh, built the game 2048, and we did a we did a giveaway on yeah. his application via in-app purchase, and he built his own engine yeah. for, for a code to unlock it in-app. Like, mm-hmm. like I'm not gonna wait yeah. on BlackBerry to get around to it. I'm doing myself. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was it was a two-step process though. It's like you had to give him the pin, then he had to give you the number. Yeah. He just had uh, a generator for it, and uh, yeah, it's a, it's a four-digit pattern. I mean, it was easy yeah. easy for him to do. He could pop it out. He actually built a developer tool for BlackBerry 10 uh, called Codex, mm. I believe, and uh, mm. you know, he was able to plug it in there and get out the algorithm directly in app. So he built his own app to work on his own. That's awesome, which is cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I do want to talk about one last thing here before we kind of wrap this up, guys. Passport device, eight active frames, at least from what we've seen thus far. Because you have all the active frames on one screen, and it doesn't look like you're going to be sliding up and down to see more uh, applications, at least on this OS, uh, would you guys like the ability to close them like we did on the past, or playbook, rather, and just kind of flick them away? Or do you like hitting that static X target? I, I don't mind the X target, but they need to make a way to close the app from within it. Like, there's times where I'll open up an app, and I know I just want to do one quick thing and close it. I wish I could swipe, like, through the top, and it'll just throw it away and that's close it That's something that I've always yeah, thought of. Just um, have swipe midway to the screen to minimize it to an active frame, and then swipe from top all the oh, yeah. uh, way from the bottom to the top to close it completely. That's what's done on Windows, I believe. It doesn't close it. It, like, minimizes it, but, you know, more or less the same thing. Get it yeah. out of your way. They, 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 some refinements to be made there. I would really love to just be able to kind of like quick delete them, you know, on a whim. I even like some of the corner gestures that we had on Playbook to pull in the keyboard mm-hmm. and check notifications. Yeah, they're cool. Right, there's a, there's a lot of potential for that platform. Even the showcase mode on Playbook, like, are we going to get that on BB10? Yeah, that would be cool. Huge batteries that are coming in. I think the Playbook had a 4,500 milliamp, is that correct? Mm-hmm, I think so. And like the passports coming in at three four fifty, so I mean they're, they're getting there. We might be able to get some showcase mode without <laughs> totally killing the battery in a couple yeah. hours. Yeah, I find with the uh, active frame, it takes in, like if I'm trying to close something really quick, I find my accuracy is less like I'm less accurate. So it takes me two or three attempts to just close an active frame because you gotta like do like pinpoint precision on this X, this little X, right? So it'd be nice if there was a better way to close it quickly. Right, like like I have eight apps open. I want to close them all. You're gonna make me hit X ten times or eight times or whatever. It's probably like sixteen times by the end of it, you know. Right, right. <laughs> so uh, let's close off. We actually got a YouTube comment here that's pretty interesting. What do you guys take on the financial report that's coming soon? Um, do you guys feel that they're gonna have about the same amount of shipments, a little bit less? Let's hedge our bets and then we'll close off here. We'll start with Alex. You think they're gonna hit oh, no. above with me. <laughs> above last quarter, or do you think they're gonna come in below uh, device shipment wise? I mean, I I think they're gonna come above. 
But then again, you know, and, you know, I think the sentiment overall is changing about BlackBerry, so I don't think it would be that crazy for it to be above. It's not going to be anything crazy, I don't think, nothing that we're, we aren't expecting. Um, but I think, you know, the Passport and the Classic coming, that's when it's going to start become interesting about the sales. Right now, it's just kind of like, they'll sell a little bit more, but... Brandon, what about you? What are your thoughts? Do you think they're going to hit this, the target that they need to sell the 10 million devices in, in the, uh, the the fiscal year, or do you think they're going to do a little bit more? Uh, I think it's going to be probably the same as the last quarter. I don't really think they're going to see that much growth, or if there is a decline, it's not going to be that big. I think they're banking on this uh, this fall season to sell a lot of devices. It's interesting as well, before we move on to Chris on this one, that they do have a a tax write-off from last year that's going to be coming back for them, I think the tune of uh, $900 million, something like <laughs> yeah. that. Uh, that's, not, that's not chump change. I mean, we just put a $23 million uh, recording profit on the last term by selling buildings. So, I mean, weirder things have happened. Yeah. Whatever, whatever makes it look good, I think, is what BlackBerry will do. I think they've been very prudent about the management style and what they want these reports to show and represent. Chris, what are, you, what are your thoughts? Uh, do you think they're going to hit the target that they need to hit or fall a little bit short? I think their device sales are going to come short, but they're still going to show a profit because of that tax write-off and some of the other stuff that they've had basically sitting around waiting to be calculated and presented, which mm -hmm. honestly is probably not that bad considering because a lot of people... A lot of people are fully aware that the passport is coming. I mean, even though it may not necessarily seem it, there's a lot of people out there who probably would have moved to either a Z30 or a Q10 or whatever the case may be. Not, probably not a Z10, but a Q10 at least that have waited because they know that the passport is coming. I'm not saying it's you know some drastic number and we're going to see massive droves of people buying the passport. Twelve people, there's, day one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's there's, the, lines, the lines in front of Canadian carriers. <laughs> there's Just from what I see, even on the forums and stuff like that, and there's there are people out there who've had plenty of opportunity to purchase previous BlackBerry 10 devices, and they've held off because they know that the BlackBerry Passport is coming, especially with all of those deals between Bell and Verizon and Rogers and all that stuff, you know, where they're giving away Z30s and Z10s or whatever the case may be for, like, zero dollars, right? Uh, a lot of people have commented that they're they're not picking up those devices because they know that the passport's coming. Device sales were probably a little bit down, but they're still going to show some profit. Oh, right. Jubei, what about you? What are your f closing thoughts on whether they're going to hit the hardware targets and financial targets that they have for themselves this coming quarter end. I agree with Mr. Parsons, for all the people out there that's Blaze, um, that uh, they're going to show profit, not necessarily in the device division. People seem to be um, focused on devices, and BlackBerry offers there's three other divisions to consider. And uh, we don't know how well Stickers has been selling on BB. <laughs> No, they're doing great, bro. No. Yeah, they're doing phenomenal. I bought maybe a million dollars worth of stickers myself. And they finally gave us a free one. Alex mentioned it here in our group chat. The yeah. BBM buddies are actually cool. Like, can we see more stickers yeah. like that? Yeah. yeah. They're not just the normal emoticons blown up. 
Like, this is integrating them, you know? And, and by uh, like that, I mean free. No, I'm just kidding. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we, you know, we have, they, they're, they're implementing a little bit of marketing, advertising into the BBM thing. We're looking at the Q&X. They always seem to move uh, in the shadows. Then um, we also have Bez. I mean, how many subscribers are they at this point? Uh, there's just other oh, so many factors to look at with BlackBerry. People seem to be kind of narrow-minded. Like, how many phones are they selling? It's like, well, there's other things to consider. So I, I, I concur mm -hmm. with Blaze that they're going to show some profitability. I think the worst is over. Personally, I believe the worst <coughs> is over for the company, and the turnaround is looking very well. The transition is complete. We saw a while back that uh, there was an internal uh, memo that was kind of leaked of John Chen saying that everything was pretty much um, done as far as um, who was coming in, who was leaving, who's staying, and all the uh, you know management pieces. So um, I think it's going to be encouraging. And we don't know what the Z3 sales are either. Uh, who, who knows what that's going to be. Um, so in right. answer to that, you know, YouTube steady enough to to help hit. You know, in answer to YouTube, yeah, what did you say? <laughs> Is James getting broken up? I don't know. I lost uh, his audio. I think I'm just here. <laughs> 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 no, I was, what were you going to say about the YouTube commenters? Uh, you know, coming back full circle, you know, I think overall it's going to be very positive. Um, either way you slice it, the sales number may not be there for the devices, but considering all the other divisions and all the other uh, projects, even the Motley uh, um, Fool put out an article how the possibility of um, you know BlackBerry stock uh, substantially increasing because of the implementation of Project Ion, the concept of it, and the people jump on it, their stock is going to skyrocket. So. Um, there's a lot of things certainly that can. There's a lot of variables, but I, I think overall we're going to see profitability as far as the device itself, sales. Eh, maybe not so much. Right. I, I'm kind of of the opinion that the devices will continue to do as they do. The the hardware business will be a profitable segment for them. It may take you know a couple more quarters to really iron that out to build a model there with the Foxconn partnership that they have. But I do feel like devices is going to be a strong place for them, along with the other business units. I mean, eBBM, uh, BBM Protected, all that they're doing there. Uh, definitely can see some more money coming in on the BBM side. I know stickers are going to be another facet of that as well. As you have mentioned, uh, with IoT and this Project Ion that they're doing, on the QNX webinar that they did a while back, they mentioned toward the very end in a Q&A that they are looking to announce some substantial partners to really bring this cohesive platform together. So I, I absolutely believe that the outlook here is going to be much broader than what people are looking at, at least on the surface level. Absolutely. And that's why we're here. We're here to talk about it and make some sense of it. So I really appreciate having you guys all on. Everyone check out Brandon's at Penguin. You can see a little image yeah. of here watching. Yeah. Uh, free to use, download, check it out. There's pro versions as well if you want to uh, help financially as well. So you guys yeah. have a great rest of your night, and thanks for watching. Later.